hello everyone uh, welcome to the 13th episode of automation hangout uh, today we have pankaj uh, from the opski team who have joined who has joined us uh, to share insights around test automation as well as some of the latest capabilities of the opski platform so opski is basically an end to end testing platform offering support for both enterprise applications as well as uh, what do you say uh, custom applications and they support multiple technologies so pankaj is actually going to walk us through Uh, some of the uh, latest developments around the product and also he'll be sharing some valuable insights be, uh, because he has been in the industry for the last uh, couple of decades so he's definitely going to uh, share some of some interesting insights on what's happening in the world of test automation to start with pankaj it would be great if you can actually give us a short introduction about yourself as well as, well, uh, as the product uh, the opski product over to you sure. pankaj sure man and uh, george before i begin man thank you so very much for having me here it's a pleasure to talk to you again and uh, just so you know i am a avid listener of your podcast man so you are doing a great great job over there thank you great so uh, you know we started opki in 2016 uh, george and uh, you know uh, the whole idea of starting opki was to make sure that the test automation for packaged applications you know erp crm your hcm applications uh, we can make that really democratic and we can uh, you know help the business users participate in it mm-hmm. uh, why did we come up with this idea uh, i personally have been into test automation space since the beginning of my career 2002 mm-hmm. i joined mercury interactive uh, you know which was just setting up its uh, office in india in fact i was a second hire in india okay and, uh, yeah and since then i have been into you know the test automation journey throughout i have been part of some very very large projects some of the biggest failures test automation failures as well mm-hmm. and they all have been learning man so yeah okay. so i think there we are and uh, we are trying to make opki a kind of uh, platform that really enables the enterprises to move their erp applications from on prem to cloud okay that, that, that's really interesting and pankaj you touched upon a very interesting uh, point around uh, test automation project failures so i've seen a lot of investments being done in the test automation side but at the same time i also see projects failing So, why do you think projects are failing, and what are some of the best practices that one can look at in order to prevent a project from uh, failing? Yeah, it's a great question, man, and I think uh, slightly loaded question, if I may add, mm-hmm. because uh, I have seen different reasons for different uh, different failures. But I, if I have to categorize it, George, I would uh, put it under two categories, man. Mm-hmm. The way I see it, the one of the biggest reason I have seen is not the right skill set for automation. You know, mm-hmm. what happens is enterprises. Uh, I mean, let's understand what kind of applications are we automating. If it's a custom application like a web and a mobile app, uh, you know, you have to have a kind of uh, technical mindset, right? You you are using yep. tools like Selenium and Appium or even the commercial tools that you have, right? That require a technical mindset. So if your audience don't have that development skills to work with those tools, it's bound to fail. Yeah. Right. Uh, similarly, on the ERP side of it, it's the business application. So if your audience uh, the business users can't use your platform and automate more and automate fast i mean it's going to be a big negative roi mm-hmm. and second thing i would say is around uh, expectation from test automation man people uh, you know we are still in the old world of you know mercury's or uh, you know if i say other tools uh, ibms and all where the roi used to take 6 months and 7 months yep. with now agile and everything we don't have that luxury of time we have to get up and running fast so the automation onboarding has to be really fast and that has been two biggest learnings from my side okay very very good uh, point and i think the, the, you touched upon a very important point around skills 
So one thing that I've seen is like there is a tendency to actually look at what others are doing and then just try to copy it uh, and implement it within an organization. For example, what works well for an Amazon may not work for uh, maybe a global 2000 kind of a company because you may not have the, that kind of skill set that what Amazon would be having in your organization. So I think yep. that is one thing that is often for, uh, I think very every organization forgets about skill set when they decide upon a strategy for automation. They go, go after what you call fancy tools and then they end up actually having a problem around uh, developing scripts as well as maintaining them. It's a very good point. And even my second question is actually linked to it. So one of the interesting trends that I've seen in the last, I would say, like two to three years is an increase in the adoption of scriptless automation tool. So why do you think there is uh, there has been an increase in the last couple of months? Are there, fa- are there factors that are actually influencing these decisions? Uh, great question, man, again. I think uh, one of the reasons why this uh, no-code tools are gaining prominence is uh, to do with A, overall the no-code development platforms are gaining prominence. Right? So if mm-hmm. you look at it, companies want to make sure that the business doesn't lag behind because the developers are going to take some time to build with custom tools and stuff like that. Right? Look mm-hmm. at the platforms like, uh, you know, OutSystems or for, yep. for the Salesforce. Right? So once your development velocity increase, you need your testing velocity to match it. Right? And testing also has to go the same no-code way where more people, irrespective of their skills, can come and create tests on the fly as you are creating your application and run it. Right? So I think yep. that has been one factor, the development of no-code platform. Other thing is, if you look at it, uh, the rise of packaged applications. Many of the companies are now starting using, uh, you know, pre-built applications like Salesforce for CRM or, uh, you know, Oracle Cloud for their financials instead of building it in-house. So once that happens, uh, you know, you don't have much luxury in terms of uh, the development skills that you have. Right? Your users yep. are primarily business users. So yep. once business users test and they automate, you have to go the no-code way. So I think these two okay. factors are actually increasing the rise of no-code platforms, typically. Okay. You want so to make basically like uh, the adoption, increase in adoption of package applications like Salesforce, CRM Dynamics, Oracle uh, packages. And then along with that, there are a lot of organizations who are actually doing low-code, no-code development using OutSystems, Microsoft Power Apps, uh, Google Sheets, Google Apps, and all of those. So I think it makes sense. For example, it makes sense to actually use a codeless automation tool in order to test a codeless or a, what do you call no-code kind of a, an app. Okay, so that's very interesting. And I think I'm also reading some statistics around the adoption of low-code, no-code, and we are expecting that I would say like more than 50% of development would be low-code, no-code, maybe in the next uh, one or two years. So I think right. the, the trend around scriptless automation is going to continue then. And, the, and, you know, the pandemic has actually accelerated the entire trend around no-code and low-code because yep. businesses want to be more agile, right? I mean, they don't yep. now believe in those six months, seven months, or one-year kind of projects where they go back to IT and ask something. So if yes, business yes. has the power to create applications on the fly and test those applications on the fly, that's nirvana. Yes, that that's true. I think it, it touched upon a good point. So what I, what I was observing uh, was basically like uh, maybe uh, initially, maybe like if you look at maybe the post pre-pandemic era, I think only Fortune 500 and companies and maybe some other global thousand companies focus on having a digital front end and low, small scale businesses or medium scale businesses. Only a few of them were actually focusing on a digital first strategy or even having a digital front end. Everyone was actually looking at selling their services or products through physical uh, means. Now, all of a sudden, you actually had a lockdown. You had no option to actually do business physically. Then everyone started uh, looking at uh, developing digital uh, products. 
So that actually increased, uh, what do you say? And it was, they had very little time to actually, what do you say, develop these applications. And I think the, the best option that they had was, to, if you want to achieve speed, I definitely have to go with a low-code, no-code approach. And at the same time, you never, all these organizations also did not have enough uh, adequate or uh, enough or adequate skill set to build these kind of apps. So I think that actually gave rise to uh, what you call the increased adoption uh, of the low-code, no-code platform. I think anyone who's actually starting a new business from now on will definitely build a digital front-end or a digital what you call product rather than actually going with a physical uh, mean. So touching upon that point around digital, uh, Pankaj, like uh, how do you think an automation platform can actually improve uh, the quality of a digital app? Uh, it can be a website or it can be even a native app that run that runs on a mobile uh, device. Yeah, yeah, great question again, man. And I completely agree with you. Your uh, your observation about uh, you know being digital first and digital only is spot on, man. I mean, and this date, uh, even the large enterprises, traditional uh, large scale enterprises, you know, with uh, with you know fifty billion dollar of revenue and up, even they are realizing that without a digital front. Uh, you know, for their, not only for their customers, but even for their internal people, right? Or their employees and all. It's a must for them to evolve and move into this next, uh, next you know, phase of their transformation. So from that perspective, digital is coming out as a big part of their strategy. I think what's important with digital is speed. Man. I personally have seen that digital is all about speed. Whether you are developing a website, you are developing a mobile app. I mean, uh, you, again, and again, I have been repeating this point quite a few times already, but... Uh, you cannot have those old days of you know five months, six months, and then very waterfallish way. You have to be agile, right? You have to take take the solution that you are building or you are improving upon to your customers or to your employees faster. Get feedback and keep on making changes to it. Look at Facebook, right? I mean, it gives twelve updates to their mobile app a day. Yeah, uh, Facebook is an extreme case, but most of the apps that we work with, most of the companies that we work with as part of Opti and P Cloudy. They, I mean, uh, three or four updates in a week is pretty common with them. Mm-hmm. So for that speed to happen, right, we don't want uh, quality to suffer because of that speed. Uh, and uh, I don't want to name specifically, but we know what happened to one of the recent super apps, right, that was launched during IPL and now they are facing the trouble. Yep. So, uh, I mean, quality quality can make or break. So test automation is your your gatekeeper to make sure that those quality standards are maintained. And without that required speed and test automation, you cannot maintain that speed in your go-to-market. So if you have to have digital first, test automation has to be the key. Okay. And I think uh, we also, especially when you're dealing with native apps, uh, uh, Pankaj, uh, what I've seen is like uh, mobile devices coming into the market almost every day. New mobile models or new vendors coming in with uh, different kinds of uh, mobile devices. And even if you actually do a prioritization of top 20 devices, that itself is actually a huge effort, right? If you want to execute your test case across multiple, what you call device models, as well as maybe browser combinations, that itself is actually a a huge task. uh, And it actually adds up to your overall test cycle time also. I think without automation, it's very tough to actually do compatibility testing, right, uh, going forward. Because you have so much of uh, what you call devices and browser versions. Absolutely. I mean, most of the customers that we work with, right? I mean, they just to cover 80% of market, they have to test with about 25, 30 devices. Right? Yep. So the same test cycle is being repeated over time. And we know how customized the Android system can get, right? Or how yep. the quirks of iOS system can impact your quality. So, yep, that, that's correct. And the other area of interest uh, for many of our listeners would be artificial intelligence. And I know that artificial intelligence has uh, involved a lot, especially, and I think if you look at the software development lifecycle, I think testing is an area where a lot of use cases have been uh, successfully implemented around AI. 
So from an AI standpoint, what are some of the capabilities, bunkers that uh, your organization has actually implemented within the OpsKey platform? Yeah, so we are, uh, I mean, we are leveraging AI in three key areas, George. One is discovery. So what we mm-hmm. do is since we work and focus as OpKey, we focus on more the packaged application landscape. Let's say we go and work with an organization that has implemented SAP, right? The mm-hmm. biggest problem they face is how can we quickly build test cases around their existing business processes? And for that, we have to understand their process, right? Mm-hmm. So what we are doing is we are using a technology called test mining, which is our patented technology that mm-hmm. leverages a lot of AI. So that look into the configuration that looks into their uh, transactional logs and then create a model, a testing model that is uh, ideal for them based on their industry, what their peers are doing, what their competitors are doing and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. that's where we are using a bulk of AI for the discovery piece of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then based on that, what we do is we have these pre-built test accelerators for SAP or Oracle or Salesforce. They get adapted to that particular uh, model that we have created. So mm-hmm. a part of uh, neuro learning is used over there as well, right? Because okay. Most of the test cases are in the format of, you know, words or natural language processing is required to parse them into a machine readable format. Mm -hmm. So we are using NLP and a part of AI over there, right? But where we are using AI most, if I have to say in terms of the end-to-end lifecycle, is the change management. Because now with these ERP applications, the changes are coming every quarter, right? Or in case of Microsoft Dynamics every month. So how do you maintain your test cases or automated test cases? That's going to define the success of your uh, of your initiative. And that's okay. where we use a lot of AI to understand the changes and do a self-healing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can now proudly say that 95% of changes coming across these enterprise applications are handled automatically by Opki. And your maintenance becomes almost like a single click. Okay, that, that saves a lot of time because I've seen organizations having a lot of false failures when they uh, when they try to execute the regression pack. Maybe if we execute 100 scripts, maybe 15 of them would actually fail because of an object locator issue or a UI identification issue. And if you can actually eliminate that effort, uh, it saves a lot of time. Normally what I've seen is like uh, people actually go and execute those test cases manually because they may not even have time to go and fix the issue. But if you actually have something like self-healing embedded within the platform, that saves a lot of time uh, for uh, for the testing team. And you can actually maybe execute 100% of the uh, scripts. That, that's very interesting. And I think, Pankaj, uh, one thing that I've noticed specifically with your platform is uh, you're, you're also providing a lot of prefabricated automation assets along with your product. It is not just a platform to develop scripts. You're also giving some components uh, that will definitely help an organization or a product team in order to speed up the testing. So can you throw some light around uh, some of those capabilities that you're offering around uh, prefabricated assets? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's a great question, man. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, One of the biggest differentiators why uh, our customers are loving Opki is the fact that, uh, you know, uh, we can quickly onboard them onto the platform. And that's the fastest in the industry. And one of the reasons is that, let's say we go and we work with uh, Pfizer, right? Now, we don't have to, uh, I mean, they have their whole set of suites on test cases on, let's say, Oracle. Now, if they use some other platform, it would take four or five months for them to onboard, right? With Mm Opti, we have these pre-built test cases and test suites built around specific verticals for Oracle, for SAP, and for all the other ERP applications that can be pre-configured to their configurations. And they can quickly come and onboard. Right? So mm-hmm. while you would see a traditional cycle of four to five months onboarding with any other automation platform, with us, it's like three to four weeks. Within three mm-hmm. to four weeks, 80% or 90% of their test cases come onto Opkey. 
and that mm-hmm. really helps them accelerate the testing and improve their ROI. So that's a mm-hmm. big win. For okay, that, that, that's cool because uh, if we actually have something to start with, that definitely helps uh, the product teams to actually improve the speed at which they actually what you call design automation skills because I think that's where the majority of the time is actually spent. Like you take a lot of time to start off with test automation, designing your automation assets. So if we can actually speed up the time, and uh, nothing like it. We have close to 24,000 pre-built assets across seven hmm. different ERPs. Okay. And, can, uh, can, you, can you tell me the names of those, some of those apps that you're supporting? I know sure. definitely there's Microsoft CRM and a couple of others. If you can actually list down those package applications, that will be a, a good set of inputs for our listeners as well. Absolutely. So we right now support, natively we support uh, Oracle, Oracle mm-hmm. EBS and Oracle Cloud, uh, okay. SAP, both ECC mm-hmm. and HANA. Uh, we mm-hmm. support Worldday, Salesforce, Microsoft Dynamics, Kronos, Viva. We are the best technology partner of Viva. Uh, okay. So uh, we have uh, these assets built across all of these platforms and um, more and more assets are being built as we speak. We believe that this is going to be one of the biggest uh, productivity enhancer for any team adopting Opkey for these applications. Mm, okay, that, that's very good to know. And uh, I know that you have a very strong development team uh, working on the Opkey platform. So what are some of the case capabilities that we can expect in the platform maybe in the next maybe like 6 to 12 months of time frame? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, next 6 to uh, 12 months, two or three things that are going to come out uh, and we are focusing more on that. One is more capabilities around discovery and automated test documentation. So what's mm-hmm. happening is uh, the more we discover a customer's business process, the more it will give us insights into the fact that how the test documentation has to be prepared. And I mean, my personal uh, vision and dream is to, I want to eliminate this entire test documentation process and let software create that test documentation and maintain that for you, particularly for packaged application. Mm-hmm. So you will see a lot, uh, lot of developments coming from that perspective. From the technology perspective, we are going to integrate performance and security testing for these packaged applications into Opkey. So, oh, okay. separate... so it's going to be a complete end-to-end platform where you can do both functional as well as uh, non-functional testing. Absolutely. So that's one track that is happening. And the third third track that we are working on is adding more and more ERPs. By end of mm-hmm. this year, we would have 14 different uh, ERP packages that we would support. So okay. that's another track that is coming on. Okay, so you want to primarily focus on the ERP side of things. And I know that there has been a lot of traction, especially around packages like Salesforce, where they are expecting a huge increase in their customers. So I think you're in the right direction when it comes to package application automation. So one additional question around package application, Pankaj, like I've seen a lot of organizations implementing DevOps, but it's mostly confined to custom applications. For, for example, like it can be for a Java or a .NET based kind of development. Even though there are uh, tools that supports what you call uh, what you call DevOps uh, for uh, applications like Salesforce, the adoption levels have not been uh, so high when it comes to package application. Have you seen a similar trend? Because you talk to a lot of uh, ERP customers, so. Are you seeing an increasing trend in the DevOps adoption or is it like more around the custom application development side? No. So at this point of time, uh, it's more around the custom application. You're absolutely right in that observation, George. But companies are now realizing that the speed. So for example, many of the companies that we work with, they're migrating their legacy ERPs onto this cloud ERPs, right? And most of these companies are trying to adopt the ERP and the agile best practices. Now, uh, as part of that, uh, they are looking for options that can help them in the entire DevOps ecosystem for, let's say, SAP or for Oracle. 
so unfortunately at this time not many great options exist but uh, but you know this is the area where the disruption is going to happen over next 3 to 4 years or i would say 5 year time frame mm-hmm. devops or erp applications and packaged applications is going to become a norm and uh, more and more tools like copado and uh, you know and a lot of other tools that we know of there was a beautiful uh, tool called uh, rapid for cloud that we saw recently mm-hmm. uh, which is doing devops for uh, you know for uh, oracle ecosystem mm-hmm. so i see that space consolidating and coming up but right now you're right devops is very mature for custom applications but it's not that mature for these enterprise business applications okay and and when it comes to package application pankaj are the set of challenges that you come across when you're trying to automate a package application like salesforce or maybe like microsoft crm dynamics very different from what you would actually come across when you're trying a custom app maybe a website that's developed maybe using angular or uh, java yeah yeah so uh, i would yeah that's a great question man um i would define those challenges in two broad categories right mm-hmm. one is the business challenges and one is the technology challenge okay. so uh, if i talk about business challenge the biggest problem that we face when we go to a big large mnc is that let's say they are migrating their oracle ebs to oracle cloud right now oracle ebs has been implemented over last 15 20 years the problem is that now they don't have any test documentation man they don't understand the scope of their processes like p2p or o2c they're doing it well but for migration how do they define the testing effort right so the discovery of their existing as is processes and stuff like that i see that as one of the biggest challenges even before they start doing automation mm-hmm. they don't have test documentation and that's where our discovery tool the way we are trying to solve that problem is using process mining and a configuration mining combination that we call test mining mm-hmm. right where we go and discover and create test documentation automatically so i think that's one of the key challenges from the business side if i can say Okay. Skills are a challenge, right? Because the most of the people that use these packaged applications are functional users, right? Or the business yep. users, and they won't like to code. Even if they know how to code, they won't code, right? Yep. They cannot use these traditional tools. So the no code and low code approach has to be spot on with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the technology front, the problem is that uh, these open source tools. I mean, these are different applications. The whole architecture of packaged applications is metadata driven, which means mm-hmm. that the UI is created runtime. right the ids yep. change and everything change right from time to time so uh, the problem with that particular approach is that these tools that work on these doms and stuff stuff like that that fail so you cannot mm-hmm. just pick up selenium and hope to automate oracle cloud because your effort will go to waste as soon as a new update of oracle cloud comes yep. right within a quarter that's where you require that technology uh, to understand metadata and drive your automation based on metadata mm-hmm. these okay. are the broad challenges it's not easy to solve okay maybe my final question uh, pankaj is around skills so there are a lot of good functional testers uh, i've seen a lot of them uh, who are very good on applications like salesforce or uh, what do you say oracle business suite or even workday and uh, they, they they want to definitely shift to uh, automation uh, but they're not very good at uh, what do you say uh, on the programming side or they've not even learned uh, test automation so why what are some of the what is what is your advice to these folks who are actually functional experts and they have a desire uh, to actually move on to test automation yeah yeah so my my advice to them is i mean they don't have to learn coding or programming at least these days in this age of no code and low code to come into test automation however the logics have to be improved man i'm telling mm-hmm. you uh, even if you have to use uh, uh you know a no code platform like opki uh we see a lot of finance folks working they are very very strong in the business uh, aspect of it 
but they are they also have this logic building capabilities where they know how to combine these lego blocks together to create this end to end business processes right mm-hmm. so i would advise all all the uh, listeners of your podcast out there who want to come into test automation from the functional areas work on those end to end business processes understand how these business processes work from the logic of not just your area but end to end business processes and then there are enough tools out there that would allow you to come and join this journey okay so thank you so much uh, pankaj for covering uh, uh, what do you call a lot of queries around test automation and i'm also very excited to hear that you're also building non functional capabilities around the platform so we'll definitely connect with you maybe in the next couple of months to gain some insights on these non functional testing capabilities because it's very interesting to see a complete testing platform rather than just test automation being built so we'll definitely love to connect with you in the coming days and thank you so much for joining Thank you very much for having me here. We are, uh, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you, George. And keep up the good work you're doing with this podcast, man. Thank Great you, work. thank you, thank you so much, Pankaj. With this, we have come to the end of this episode of Automation Hangout. Hope you found the session interesting as well as useful. Please do subscribe to our channel to stay abreast with the ever-changing world of automation. Until we meet again, goodbye.